Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. So good to see you here. Uh, Why don't you just uh, turn to the person next to you and say, welcome to church and uh, give them a a smile. It is awesome. We, uh, We love having you in this room and we love each and every one of you. We value you. Thank you for sharing your Sunday with us. And we're so grateful for where God has brought us on this journey. And this is just a part of the journey. We believe that part of this next stage is that God's going to fill this room with more and more people um, who are looking to encounter Jesus, looking for community. And so thank you for being part of who we are and what we are doing. So if we haven't met before, my name is Andrew uh, with my beautiful wife. We are, we're privileged to lead this church And uh, thank you so much for being here. We're continuing our series, which is called Kingdom Living. And Kingdom Living is about us partnering with God in His plan for the world. God has a purpose for us individually, but He also has a purpose for humanity. He has a plan for humanity. And He also has a way in which He wants to accomplish His plan. And one of the key ways that he wants to accomplish this plan is you and me, which is, I think, sobering in a very good way, is that you are here for a purpose, that you are not just here for yourself. You are not just here to either go through the motions or get as much as you can from life. You are here if you choose to partner with God to see his plans and purposes And to see the goodness of God advance on this earth. So that's what kingdom living is all about. Kingdom living is not just about what we do here on a Sunday morning. It's about what God wants to do in us and through us during our work week, in our family, in our homes, to see the kingdom of God, the advance of the kingdom of God in every part of our lives. Now, there is one assumption about, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, the idea of a a kingdom, there is one assumption that I don't know if you've thought about, for there to be a kingdom, it needs to have a king. It needs to have a king. So there's an underlying assumption in the kingdom of God that we are under the authority of a king. Have you ever thought about that? A kingdom has a king. And for us to say we're part of the kingdom means that we come under the authority of the king. And so today, I want to talk about one of the implications of that. And the title of my message today is this, When God Says No. That's the title of a message. You know, God will say a couple of things. He'll say yes. He'll say no. He'll say wait. He'll say Not yet. And we need to understand and be prepared for this. 
Now, let me tell you a couple of ways that we experience this. One is we experience this on a, on a trivial level. Let me give you a bit of an example. Okay, so school, in school, there are two types of people. One type of person likes athletics carnivals. Anyone in this room at school liked athletics carnivals? Now, I would say that they are a pretty small minority, those that actually like athletics carnivals, right? And the older that you get in school, the less and less that that group gets, right? How unfair is our schooling system? Let's start an online petition. No more athletic carnivals. No, that's not true. So, and then there are those that don't like athletics carnivals. So in my house, I've got two groups of children. Well, I've got three, three children in two groups. Boys are like all about athletics carnival. My youngest son had his first race. He was so up for it. He's, his daddy's like, I'm going full power, dad, full power, okay? If I fall over, I'll get up full power, okay? He won, not as though it's about winning or losing in my family. It's just about winning. It's not about winning and losing. It's just about... So he got to have dinner that night because he won his race. That is a joke, okay? Do not report me. So I've got one group of people, then my daughter, who, who most of you know, she is on the upper, opposite end of the athletics uh, spectrum, all right? So there is a scenario in our house where there could be two groups of people praying for different outcomes. One group of people, my son, is like, God, I pray it doesn't rain. And then my daughter's like, God, I hope it rains and it's cancelled. <laughs> so sometimes, like... God's got to say no to like one of those groups. Like, so there's, we kind of experience that on a, on a trivial level, all right, on a, on a minor level. The other thing is like, okay, well, God, I don't know if, you, if you're going to like, can, is it okay as a Christian to, to have a cup of coffee or, or have a glass of wine or can I go to the movies or all these kind of things. And, and in the kingdom, it is not, the kingdom of God is not this tightrope of religious rules, do's and do nots. There's something much bigger and something much greater at play. So there's a trivial level. We also experience it on a personal level. And here's what I say on a personal level is when we know the voice of God and God says no and we argue with him and we rationalize with him. And we say, God, God says no, and you're like, oh, but, you know, have you thought about this, God? Let me introduce this concept. And so we have this back and forth. Who's ever been in that scenario? All right. This is the original scenario from the garden. So Eve, I don't know if you know the story in Genesis, God's like, don't eat the fruit from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and, and Eve is like, Really? And the, the devil's in her ears and like, oh, you know, are you sure? And this is the personal level that we try and rationalize with God. All right. And one of our greatest challenges, we see this is phrase, is rationalized disobedience. I disobeyed God, but I have really good reasons that I've come up with. And we're all in that boat. The other level that we experience this is at an impersonal level. And why I say it's an impersonal level, it's not as though we don't feel it deeply, but we feel that God is absent, right? So God says no by, 
by something happening or not happening that we, we wanted him to do something different, right? So a closed door, you've heard that. So when God closes a door, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, a season that I had where doors were slamming shut. So the no comes more as in there's no way to go through. There's no way for something that you want to go forward. Now, let me tell you why this is so important that we understand about what happens when God says no, and and listen to this, and, and let me know if you agree, is that for most of us, it's in the seasons that God says no, that we make judgments about God's nature and God's character. When things are going good for you, you're like, oh yeah, God's good. When God says no, when doors are shut, when things don't work out the way that you expect, that's when you're like, well, God, he's obviously not caring, he's not loving, he's not true to his word. So it's so important that we understand about seasons when God says no. Because if we don't, we won't be able to operate in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God has a king and there is an authority that carries a great blessing when we understand that. So we're going to look at a passage of scripture um, from Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to start off by telling you what I like about it and then also what I don't like about it. And we'll have a look at it together. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5, you can look at that. I'm reading from the New Living NLT. You can follow along in your own Bible, device, whatever you have. It'll also be up on the screen. So here's what I like. Hebrews 12 The first part of verse 5, And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, okay, this is starting off good because I love encouragement. Who doesn't love a bit of good encouragement and that we are children of God? This is awesome. This is a great scripture to look at. But it goes downhill from here. Hebrews uh, 12, 5, the second part. My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. The Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we we submit even more to the discipline of our father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Okay, so here's what I don't like about it. Here's a list. Discipline. Here are the words. Discipline, correction, punishment, pain, and submission. And this is often how we interpret when an authority figure says no to us. When an authority figure, I don't know if what it was like for you 
growing up, no doubt we've got all kinds of different uh, histories and backgrounds, different levels of discipline. Some was absent, some was present, some was probably a little off. But in life, maybe it's a boss, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a leader, even a church leader or a pastor. And when that person doesn't give you what you want, you feel like it's punishment. You feel the pain of it, the correction, the discipline, and also submission. These are not words or phrases that we would naturally lean into. Can I get an amen? And this is a list of what it feels like when God says no. It feels painful. It feels like some kind of punishment sometimes. Like, what did I do wrong? I, th- I thought I was going well. But we need to understand why God says no. And so let me give you three reasons that God says no. And the first one is this, that when God says no, it's because of something he knows. All right, This is one, if you can capture this thought and put it in as part of your filter, when God says no... It's because of something he knows. God has things that we don't have. He has perspective. He has a plan. And he also wants to protect us. And so when God says no, it's because he has a bigger perspective. The first part of this uh, passage, verse 5, it says, My son, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. What it's saying is that don't diminish the power of it. Imagine if we had access to someone who could see not just what is going on accurately, apart from our limited vision, but who could see into the future. Do you know that every decision that we have, every interaction with someone, it has a knock-on effect, which is incredibly complicated. What if we had access to someone with the power who was all present, who could see past, present, future, who could say, hey, you might think that this thing is just a little thing, but it's going to have unintended consequences for your life. And so God has this amazing perspective. He sees things that we can't see. He knows things that we can't know, not just about ourselves, but about others and about the future. Now, most things in my life I don't regret, even the painful things, but there are a few times where I'm like, yep, I got that really wrong and it hurt somebody or it hurt me. And in those times, I didn't lean in to partner with God and his perspective. Hebrews chapter 4.13 says about God, He knows about everyone, everywhere. Everything about us is, is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. Nothing can be hidden from Him to whom we must explain all that we've done. All right, so there's a, an implication here is that, that God is seeing everything, everywhere. Why wouldn't we? want to lean into that resource and the punchline is there is 
we're going to have to give an account for what we didn't do before him anyway in the light of eternity. And God says no because he has a better plan. God says, sorry, got a, a bigger perspective. God says no because he has a better plan. God has unlimited options, unlimited power, unlimited intelligence. Now, the other thing that we need to understand is that his plan operates on another level, a greater level. My plan, your plan, usually exists on what is good for me today and tomorrow and next year. And God's like, hey, this, this life is just a breath, just a vapor. I've got eternity in mind. And so there are things that we need to understand. We need to understand a couple of things. That this world is a broken place, right? Evil exists. That God has given people freedom to reject and hurt each other. But the big thing we need to understand is that God has eternity in mind. So God has a better plan for you. More options, can see more, can know more. And that's a wonderful thing. God says no because... He wants to protect you. And I want to just let you, encourage you to sink in. God says no because he wants to protect you. What does he want to protect you from? Often yourself. Right? Destroying yourself. Let's, let's not minimize it. There are some occasions where we are wanting to choose things and God is saying, I don't do it. Why? Because you'll destroy yourself, you'll destroy your relationships, you'll destroy your legacy, your reputation, your integrity, your character. That's what he says. And in the Bible, we read about King David. So King David, if you read a little of the Bible, he was uh, a figure who loved God, who worshipped God. He had incredible promises. Jesus himself came from the line of David. Lots to read, lots of under, to understand. David was an imperfect person like many of us. Now, David struggled in the area of sex, right? So the Bible had some clear instructions to kings. We read this in Deuteronomy 17. It said, kings don't have a lot of wives. What did David do? He had uh, eight wives and ten concubines, all right? But it wasn't enough for him. So there was a time when he became king, when he was supposed to be leading his uh, forces into the battle of war, and instead he stayed home and he couldn't take his eyes off someone else's wife who was bathing. He eventually had an adulterous relationship with her, killed her husband to cover it up, and then we see this destructive knock-on effect whereby you see there is this generation he brought conflict to his own family. That's what it says. So the baby son dies. His sons start to fight against each other. I know this is not the G-rated section, but it's in the Bible, right? His one of, one of his sons um, rapes somebody and then the, another son uh, takes revenge and then the father-in-law of the person that he had the affair with joins to overthrow him. 
And David, as good as God is, as good as faithful to his promise is, which is comforting, he is still wrecked the second half of his reign as a king because he deliberately obeyed God and he resisted God. Now, God did not want to put those uh, conditions, that instructions to David to uh, control him. He wanted to protect him. And that's what we need to understand. So the first big point is when God says no, it's because of something he knows. The second is this. When God says no, it's because he wants us to grow. When God says no, it's because he wants us to grow. And one of the primary ways that God calls us and causes us to grow is in the midst of his no. Because we're in the, when we're in the midst of the no, it requires faith. And maybe, maybe if you are hungry to grow spiritually and you feel your spiritual growth has maybe stalled or diminished, maybe you are not embracing this season of no. Whether that's something that God's calling you to do, that you're resisting, or maybe you're in the midst of a, a season where you're not sure where God is. 2008 was my, I would say it was my year of closed doors, right? It was the year of no. So uh, God had put on our heart to plant a church. And so we were like stepping out 2008. Make it great. I didn't, I didn't think of that logo back then, but I wish I had. Could have put on my yearly goals. No, that's not true. You can laugh. It's okay. It's safe. Doesn't even have to be funny. It was my year of closed doors. And so we were stepping out in faith. And so we were gonna, we were in a movement of churches that believed in church planting. We wanted, we were in Sydney, we wanted to come to Brisbane to plant a wonderful church, a life-giving church. And so we started to step out. So the pastor said, why don't you talk to some people in, in the church and see if they want to go with you. All the doors shut in our face. They all said no. How encouraging. Then I talked to some of the other pastors in that movement of churches up here. They said, no, we don't want you to plant here. We want you to go out to like Ipswich or, or down south. And we kind of looked into it. It was like, no, that's not for us. So that door shut in our face. Okay, I'm going to get a job up here. Went to final two of interviews was flown. Uh, there's a a state manager job, uh, flown down to Melbourne to the head, head office for that job, got to the final two, no. Then I thought, okay, um, there's another job. I got to the final two, is up here in at uh, West End, got to the final two, said no, closed door. Then I applied for another job and I got... Um, that job on the Friday, they said, you have got the job. And I was like, okay, we are, we are moving. Then on the they said, we'll send you the paperwork over the weekend. On the Monday, got to the Monday and they said, I'm sorry, we did a global restructure. That job doesn't exist anymore. And God said, no. Do you know what it feels like to have that level of disappointment? Not also, you add the fact that it's not 
I didn't think I was chasing my dream. Beck and I didn't think we were chasing. We, we thought we were doing something that God wanted us to do at a high level of personal sacrifice to advance his kingdom. Now, God said, no. And I tell you, that's a great place and time to grow. Do you know why? It requires faith. It requires trust. So in the midst of that time, and then obviously we're here in this church, however many years, there's a couple of ways that I grew. One of the ways, the main ways that I've grown is my ability to trust God with things that I can't see. All right, so let's talk about the this this church, these this amount of people sitting here in this room, it's amazing. We started in a lounge room with like seven people. All right, and the future of this church is there's more people that are coming to Jesus, more people that are using, okay, can we see it now? No, we've we got to learn to live in the eyes of faith and to position ourselves. That's a, The other way that I grew was skill. Had another opportunity, another church, got so much exposure to different things, so many different opportunities, some of which I did really well, some of which I didn't do as well. That's part of life. That's part of learning. That's part of growing how you grow spiritually. So we can grow when we listen to his voice and we are obedient to his voice, but we also need to know how to grow when we can't hear his voice. And those are things that we understand. It's really interesting in verse 11, uh, second part of verse 10, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Now, the Greek word that's translated trained is the word which we get, uh, is the Greek uh, root word which you get the word gymnasium. So this is the idea, very prominent in in Greek culture. Obviously, they had the, the Olympic Games and uh, the, the beginning of MMA, mixed martial arts, started back in Greece. True story. You can look that up in your own time. But what we're saying here is that God's no is our training ground. Okay? It's not a day spa. It's where we get physical, where we exert, maybe we sweat, maybe we break some barriers, maybe we go further than what we've gone before. Because we are trusting God. And it also, this passage also says two things. There's two things that it produces. One is holiness and the other is wholeness. When we embrace the know of God, the instruction, the authority of God, it's going to produce two things. One is holiness because we align ourselves with God. And the other is wholeness, the idea of peace, biblical peace, Shalom means that we are whole, we are renewed, we are restored in every single way. So here we are. When God says no, it's because of something that he knows. When God says no, it's because he wants us to grow. And when God says no, it's because that's what good fathers do. That's what good fathers do. 
Have you ever been in a situation where a child is just running wild, right? Maybe a restaurant, maybe a home, and they are just out of control, all right? And they're going to hurt somebody, they're going to hurt themselves. Parents, have you ever been in a situation where that child is your own child? There's a few of those. It's about seven years ago we went um, on a family holiday with my family, my my brother and his family, great friends of ours. And so my sister-in-law's uncle had a holiday house in New Zealand, a lake house that we got to have for free, which was awesome. All right, so think of this uh, view of the lake, beautiful hinterland, fireplace, deer. I don't think it was a vegan deer. I think it was a real deer. Deer on the he- above the fireplace. It's kind of pi- picturesque thing. And so my son, uh, Joe, he's about two years old, and their older boy was there. He's about three. So my son, Joe, they're playing together. He gets a car, and he goes up to his cousin, and I remember it, and he just gets this car, and he's just like, bang, and he just like clocks him so hard. It was so traumatic, and he didn't just do it once. He dedicated the next five days of our holidays to trying to hit as hard as he could. He didn't understand what he was doing. Now, what was I saying to him? No. What was I doing to him? Creating an environment to protect him and protect those around him. In that scenario, was I a good father? I think I was. I think that's what good fathers do. And I don't know if you'd agree with this statement, but the formula for wrecking or ruining a child is to give them everything they want. We would agree with that. Do we take that approach with our heavenly father? Do we put that filter on the life? Do we put that filter Are we just hell-bent on getting what we want? Or do we allow ourselves to sit under the authority of both our king and good, good father? You know, here's what we need to understand, that God is not our yes man. He is not our... He is not our vending machine. He doesn't exist for our purposes. As believers in Jesus, we exist for his purposes. And there is a great blessing. But even more than this, listen to this. There is intimacy with God and a closeness with God that can only be experienced when we embrace and submit to his loving instruction. We cannot get close to God if we reject him, if we reject him. We have options. When we hear the no of God, there are three options. One is that we can reject it. We can say, no, God, I I know better. The other is that we can resist it. We can go along grudgingly. But the final one is we can rest in it. I'm going to be done in about two minutes. Here's what I want us to understand. 
when it comes to the way that we engage with the Word of God as our foundation, when it comes to the life, which I want to say is a high standard. God has called you to live at a high standard, but He's given you grace to live there. He holds you to a high standard, but He makes it possible through Jesus Christ. But here's what I want to understand, is that there is intimacy with God the Father. There is a closeness, but also there is a deep peace when we rest under the authority of God. You know, we've got choices, we've got options. When God says no, we can resist that, we can reject that, or we can go, hey God, thank you. You're doing something that I can't see. You know something that I don't. You've got a You've got a bigger perspective. You've got a better plan. You're protecting me. You're guarding me. You can see scenarios. You can see combinations. You can see in the future. But God, maybe even you've got an eternal plan. Maybe I'll never see what was promised like some of the people in Hebrews. Maybe I'll never know. But do you know what? I'm choosing to rest in your presence. I'm choosing to enjoy the peace, the internal peace of alignment, of holiness, the shalom of God, the peace of God, the restoration. Do you know the best place to be is not in a place where you get what you want, not in a place where whatever you can imagine happens, but it's a place where you come under the authority of the King and into the embrace of a good, good Father. Here's what this passage says. It says this. Don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up. Right now, I know there are people that maybe you're having a conversation with God and He's saying no about something. Or maybe you're in a season of unanswered prayer. Maybe you're in a season of shut doors, closed doors. Here's what I want to encourage you. Don't give up. One of the greatest blessings that a good father can give to a child is to say no to them. We know that. We see that in healthy ways in the natural. And I want to encourage you in the supernatural, it is... 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times that our partnership with God will produce amazing things. Let's pray together. I'm going to pray for a couple of groups of people in the couple of minutes that we have left. Hey, if you're in the middle of a season of closed doors and things not working out the way that you thought, I want to pray for you. Can you let me know who you are just while everyone's Heads closed, eyes are bowed. Eyes closed. Yeah, I see those hands. I see those hands. Right now, we're going to pray for the peace of God, the rest of God, but also the goodness of God. God is close to you in this moment. He is close to you in this moment. 
He is working. He is loving. You may not see it. You may not understand it. You may not perceive it. It may not fit your timeline. It may not fit your process. But He is working right now. So I just pray for the embrace and the closeness of God the Father right now. Jesus, we thank you for your presence. Lord, I pray that we would see the know of God through the filter of the loving embrace of God the Father. Let your spirit fill us with love. Captivate our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Awesome. I know we're, we're going to have something to eat. Can we just stay one minute in the presence of God? Who can sense that the presence of God is here? Yeah, the presence of God is here. Here's what I want to say. God reveals to heal. So if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about something right now, He is not bringing a, a condemnation that accuses. He's bringing a conviction to allow His presence to meet you. So come on, right now, all over this place, Holy Spirit, just move across this room. Fill hearts, Lord. God can do something in a moment. God can heal you in a moment. What is it? What is it do you want? Bring it to Him. Bring it to God in the moment. What is it that you want to heal? Maybe some of you, you've had a bad dad and God wants to heal you. God wants to heal those memories. Maybe you've had an absent father or a father who's was not a good example. God wants to heal you from that. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. God is wanting to heal people of deep disappointment, like at a deep level. At a, I'm, I know God wants to forgive me, but I can't forgive myself level. If that's you, just receive it. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Just receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name. It's a gift. It's not earned. It's a gift. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.